I couldn't do anything. You know, God sent me to this place um, and to be adopted by my mom because he loves me. And that has helped me so much in my faith as well of knowing that God will always be there for me. And that, again, that God loves me because, you know, I could, I did nothing. You know, I did nothing to be in that place. I was an infant and that was my circumstance. And I have the, um, I'm so grateful to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday over the next year, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church. Thank you so much for listening to the Your Story Matters podcast. We have another great episode today. Um, I'm joined by Paige. She is one of our leaders in Youth Collective. Um, she serves on Next Steps. If you go to Collective, you've seen her, you know her. Um, but before we get to Paige's story, one of the things I want to do really quickly for those of you listening is um, I just want to encourage you that as you're listening to these stories, you know, if you're feeling an impact, if you're feeling um, grateful, if you're feeling challenged, if um, even if you're feeling uncomfortable, but in a really good way, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is take the time to reach out to the people who share their stories and, and just let them know. Um, send a message on social media. Find them on Sunday. If you don't go to Collective and you live outside this area, email us at info at mycollective.church and we'll pass on the note um, to these people. I know it would mean a lot because it takes a lot to be here and sit in this room and be vulnerable and share a story, um, knowing that people are listening, but not being in front of people. And we're thankful for that, but I know you're thankful for that as well. So make sure to pay that forward, to pass it on and, and to share. Um, so so on to our episode, on to Paige and her story. Um, like I said, I'm really excited for Paige to be here. Um, Paige is a huge part of this church, has made a huge impact, um, and I'm very grateful to sit down with her today. And so Paige, we're going to kick it off. Same question we ask every single person. Uh, where did you grow up? Um, what was your childhood like? And inside of your childhood, talk to us a little bit about what faith was like. Was it there? Was it kind of there? Um, what was that like for you growing up? Uh, first, yeah, thank you for allowing me to be here today. And so I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so go Steelers. Oh, um, <laughs> oh yes. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> You'll still love Paige, even though she's a Steelers fan. And so I was adopted by my mom um, from Nanning, China when I was 16 months old. And so that's how I ended up in Pittsburgh. And faith for me when I was younger, uh, I was, my mom introduced me to church. She made me go when I was younger. I'm also an only child. So I was pushed a lot to go because I was very shy. I was definitely one of those people that would just cling to my mom and not want to go anywhere else. And so she really pushed me to go to youth group, be a part of the church, uh, go to the small groups whenever I got into high school. And it really encouraged me. And so I really wouldn't know Jesus without her today. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Before I went to college, I think one of my first experiences that really helped me with my faith was going, I had the privilege and 
uh, the opportunity to go to Haiti. And of course, I'm 18, and you think you're going to take on the world. Like, I'm going to change the world. I get to have this opportunity to go to this country and see what it's all about, see how God's moving there. And you get there, and of course, it's this, this huge culture shock. And it's it really changes your mindset on things and how the world is. You know, you finally, you get to see this whole other lifestyle and to see how faith was there, um, again, how the people live there, their community there. And it really changed me because you, you definitely come back saying like, this was for me. Yeah. You know, this is for my heart to change. Like God was like, okay, this is how you went into it. And you went into it like, you know, with good, you know, good, mindset, you know, good opportunities and everything. And we still did a lot of great work, but like this definitely helped change my heart and see um, kind of through God's eyes, other people that he loves in the world and just be able to really test my faith. Um, and so that was in high school. And then I went to college at Westminster College, uh, not Westminster, Maryland, which I found out was a place here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and that is like an hour north of Pittsburgh. And how I ended up there was, I think kind of my first saying yes to God. It was the time in my life where I had friends who were seniors um, and uh, that, that were like a year or so older than me and they would get off campus and they'd be like, God just said, go here. You know, they had this b beautiful moment and when I was touring my own colleges, I was like, this isn't, this isn't happening for yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> um, which was fine, but I definitely was like, God, like, where should I go? Like, you kind of want these bigger signs and like and God works in these ways too where it doesn't always have to be right in your face and so I found Westminster College it wasn't far from home and had a great community uh, I ran cross-country in high school and in college and had a great program for that and I'm just so lucky that I went there because it was uh, Presbyterian affiliated and they also had groups and clubs a uh, part of campus and you got to choose which was great and I think a lot about faith is too is like God gives you a choice you have free will in your faith and and so I love that that tested that as well. Like I could go to FCA or could not. Like I could go to chapel. It was on campus. We had a reverend, but I also could not. And so where I really started to see my yeses be really fruitful was saying yes to this college and uh, being a part of that community. And then I also helped out um, with our youth group there too at the Presbyterian Church. So I remember on Sundays, um, once a month or so, the church that I went to across the street of, from campus had like Sunday, Sunday dinner um, after like once a month or so. And so we would meet and eat and all. And I remember the youth pastor being like, hey, like we could really use some health with youth group. And I just remember that feeling of like, I mean, I could, like I've never, I, I knew I wanted to go to college for education. At the time I was going for like being a high school, like secondary ed teacher. And I was like, this would be a really good experience too. And I kind of felt that push. And that push really led me to great things. It helped me with uh, learning about these kids and loving middle school, even though they're very, like, very, yeah. they can be <laughs> so many things at once. And I learned to love and accept all of that. And it was so much fun. I helped out for that program for two years. And when I was at my senior year applying for jobs, trying to see where am I gonna go after college, uh, one of the other leaders named Dan, I was, he knew I was looking in Maryland and he was like, well, what about Frederick County? And he explained to me, like he also loved to run, he was like, there's a park, uh, it has a great community, you know, that's where I'm from, and told me all about this stuff. And I was going to Charles County, I was going to other counties in Maryland, um, and applying and I stopped and I stayed in Frederick and I fell in love with this uh, town. And I knew then too, like, I was like, I think God is calling me here. Uh, so my mom was like, well, I'm from, again, that's where I grew up. I'm from Maryland. My, that's where my grandparents met and everything. So she's like, try Maryland. And then that's how I ended up here. Wow. One of the cool things that you said 
you know, in picking a college is you didn't have this moment where God was like parting the heavens, you know, opening up the clouds, go, this is where you got to go. And I want to push on that a little bit because so much, and you said this, so much of faith isn't that God's going to always say, this is exactly what you need to do. Ray and I have talked about that when moving to Maryland and planning a church, we had all these cities on our mind and we were like, God, like, tell us where to go. And we pray about a city specifically. We go to a place and we're like, maybe like, and we, we wanted so desperately, you know, we joked like, can you just send us an email? Can there be a billboard? <laughs> and what's funny is we always felt like the answer to every single one of those things was yes, that God would have done good things through, through us and in us in Towson, if we went there, in Gaithersburg, if we went there. Now, stepping out of that, being in Frederick for as long as we have, I can't imagine going anywhere else. But sometimes when God puts things in front of us, the answer is, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and you get to choose. And But part of that is like what God does through that choice. A lot of times you know the wrong decisions, but sometimes we get put in these places where it's like, hey, both these decisions are good decisions. And, and that happens when you're firm in your faith. That happens when you have good people around you. You know, you find yourself having good options. Um, but one of the parts of your story is that, you know, you've experienced that in your life, but you've also been able to walk other people through kind of those experiences as well, where they feel like, I don't know what God wants me to do. Um, so go ahead and share a little bit about that. Like near your mid-20s, you kind of have like this quarter-life crisis, and it is very much just like, what do I do now? And so like some of my friends who are younger than me are, are kind of going through that, either with job or like, where could I end up, like with place? And like, I always just remind them and encourage them, like, God will use you wherever you are. Like he, we have a limitless God, like because you choose this city or because you choose this job does not mean he's going to limit you in any way, and he's going to use you, right? Like you are his servant, and he's going to use you to the full ability and still use your talents, still use, you know, what you want to bring to the table, still surround you with the community. As long as you're going for a heart of God and you're going because it's God's will, like he will provide for that. And I think we think like, oh, I'll just wait, you know, I'll wait and see what happens. And like, God wants you to move, you know, and even if you're moving in the wrong direction, like he will, he will show something or bring someone along. And, and so saying, either like yes to something or no like you know it's kind of like choosing clothes or something like sometimes like you know if you're like do I pick the red shirt or the blue shirt you know like it's not always that simple like God just wants you to pick a shirt you know like he sometimes just wants you to choose and then you know let him have that faith to show you know all of his glory um, through that yeah yeah and that's kind of what you've experienced in Frederick you know you moved to this place how old were you when you moved here 22 okay so you've been here for about five years now so what is what have those five years been like, especially moving to a place where you don't know anybody? Um, you know, you have a good foundation at home and you had a good foundation in college, like two, two really good things. Now, all of a sudden you're in a third place. So what has that been like since you moved here? Uh, and really, what has faith been like? Uh, so this is like just God all the way through. And it's really cool to look back now and just see how he's been working. So I get to new hire training uh, through at Frederick County for teaching. And our mentor teacher 
just got off a bike ride from from the the very famous like from the Gap and the CNO. Like so, she went from Washington D.C. to Pittsburgh, and she like you know just literally just got back you know, and she is just like oh I just got back from this trip like you guys should really try it like uh, she loves the bike and all and the other new teacher and I were like we already kind of knew well we like to run and she's like oh I'm the at the time she was like I am the running president of our running club and I was like oh my gosh this is the running club my mom wanted me to yeah, sign yeah. up for and everything and so instantly I was just so blessed you know and, and she invited me on their group runs and that's actually where I met Annie she and I remember telling Annie on a run once I was like I'm really trying to find a church and everything um, I don't know where I should be going you know my mom sent me some suggestions she's like you should come to me with collect uh, to collective and so that's how I ended up here and at that time we were at the middle school yeah. and you guys are doing that try five and yeah. so I just consistently came and I never left <laughs> <laughs> okay so you get involved at the middle school um, for those of you listening who don't know uh, before we had our space at Pegasus Court we were portable um, and it was set up and tear down and it was pulling these bins and it was it was a hard Sunday um, at Collective. Um, what for you personally, what kind of you said you try five, what what made you stick around? Give us some wisdom and some advice on like what were some of the good things that made you realize, yeah, I've I've experienced good church before and good community before, but I also realized I saw this here. What was that like? So I remember loving the atmosphere here, very welcoming, uh, very open, and the vulnerability just right off the bat, knowing that you can share something with someone. And I think I really fell in love with this place too whenever I started being more involved in the community. we I was with Eastside. And I remember when my first day when I went, and when we were leaving, I remember Jake remembering, and Jake and Danielle remember my name. We said goodbye, and they're like, have a good night, Paige. And I was like, wow, like that, that's really, it meant a lot to me. And then I remember when DJ was leading that one, and I remember the, that same Sunday I came back, and he was ushering, and he remembered my name as yeah. well. And that was kind of like my big, like, I really want to stay here. I know this community is strong. I know this community cares about me, yeah. and I feel seen in this community. Uh, and so I think, and I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So from there, I mean, obviously the last five years have been kind of crazy with life and COVID and, you know, even just being a teacher, super complicated, not <laughs> not the easiest. So what have the last five years been like faith-wise? You know, what are some of the things that you've been learning, some of the things that you've been experiencing? You know, you hit your quarter-life crisis a few years ago. So what was it like <laughs> around that time and, and how, like, what is it like right now? I, my biggest thing is friend, friendships and community. Like I have a really great, strong community of people that don't even like, live in Frederick. Like they, I, that was stemmed from college. Their names are Vanessa and Megan. And so I hope when they listen, um, just know how much they mean to me because they have been like my rock and my core um, through, again, like since knowing them from college up until now, like all my ups and downs. And they've really helped me through a lot of seasons of my life and challenges of like singleness um, up to like at my job, like just how my job makes me feel and just being there for me, even though we're far apart. And I think coming out of college, 
that is such a different, like a new transition. You kind of get it in high school where like, oh, I'm going to see my friends. Like, I'm going to talk to them all the time. Like, you kind of don't. And like, I'm not saying that happens with everyone. Like, I definitely still have some high school friends that I still talk to, but it's hard. Like, you don't see each other every day and anymore. Um, so in college, that that redefinite, that refining of friendship and what does it mean um, really helped me with my perspective of who I am as a friend and like what it looks like. You don't need to see each other every day. You do not need to talk every day. Like you just have to be there to support one another. And Megan lives in Germany wow. and um, Vanessa lives in Austin, Texas. And I, they are again still my rock and my community. And I know that, and they also are big believers. And so when I have a challenge or when I have um, a piece of advice that I need help with, like I know I can rely on them at any hour of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things you mentioned was singleness. And, you know, we just talked to Johnny a little bit about that, but um, he got to talk about it from like a, a male perspective on that. Um, let's talk about that for a second because it is hard and it's a hard thing in the church. Share with us what that's been like. What have like the highs felt like? What have the lows felt like? And then really where do you find peace in the middle of that? Yeah, after college, coming here, like I was single, and it is very hard to date online or like meet anyone. Like so, and I very much got involved in the community right away. You're definitely telling God, like I'm doing all the things. Like I'm going to church. I'm trying to get involved. I am going to other clubs so I can try to meet other people. And you know, I'm trying. Why isn't this happening for me? I'm trying to do all these things. And in the Bible, whenever the devil and Jesus are up on, I think, I think they're on a building or something. Yep. And he, the devil is just like, hey, um, you can jump off this building. And they, like in the scripture, it says the angels will catch you. And Jesus is like, the scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. And I was definitely testing God. I was like, hey, like, let's go. Like, I'm doing all these things. Like, why isn't this happening for me? And also, I think some people don't realize, too, is like how exhausting it is to try to meet someone online. And it's not a bad thing. And it's a lot of how my other friends have met, too, which is great. But like, uh, it can also be very draining because you are trying to find your affirmation through another person, and it's just, it is not even based off of character. It's just like, oh, he likes hiking, and he's kind of cute. Oh, he'll go to a brew with me, with me. And and, and then, of course, you, you talk, and then if nothing comes to it, like, I just wasted time talking to someone that didn't even turn out to, you know, meet someone or anything like that. And I remember praying through this season, too. I was like, God, like, if this isn't the right person, like close these doors. And he answered that prayer. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. And so it was a lot of first dates and that was it. And like not having any explanation, um, you know, maybe reaching out and thinking it was a great date and then getting ghosted. Like we have, and I know there's probably books on it too, but like, I mean, I feel like we definitely got to talk a society of like this toxic culture that we've created with like either ghosting or just not giving people explanation or, you know, not doing relationships in the right way or maybe for the right mindset. And so it was it was really hard. And I remember going to my friends um, and trying to get help and they and getting advice. And then I also remember, of course, like praying through this time. And I remember being like, God, like, what do you want me to do then? Uh, what should I be doing? And he was like, I want you to be a good friend. Like, yeah. what does it mean to love on others? What does it mean right now? While you are single using this time, how could you be using this time? Because uh, again, I I think people think, oh, you grow up, you get married, you have kids. Like, and it's not always like that for everyone. And so I was trying to get comfortable with that. Like, God, like if you want me to be single, that's fine. Like, that's your will. If you want me to be single for longer, like that isn't what I want, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and so I did that. I really poured into my friends. We did a lot of um, like either 
FaceTime chats and whatnot. Um, I actually started like a little small group with my friends during COVID um, through a Jenny Allen study, who I love. Um, and that was, it was amazing to just pour into them, know more about them, and like really understand the foundations of a relationship. Like it's a two-way street and like how they, and just again, like how to help out your friends and to be a good one myself too. Yeah, yeah. one thing that's really interesting about friendships, because right? God very much says we're not created to be alone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in the church, we decide that means that everyone, marriage is the key for everyone. And we forget that like being alone is is one, being separated from God. Like we're never meant to be away from God or, or, or turn our backs on God, but we're, we're meant and we're built to be with people. But one of the hardest things is finding peace and really like vulnerability and even like intimacy and like the right sense of the word, right? with people that you're close to. And a lot of the things that we long for that, that we try to find in dating relationships or even marriage, we can find in friendships, the safety and the security and the encouragement and the joy, you know, the love, the care, like all of those things, those are people traits. God gave them to us so that we can have them and give them. Um, and it's really cool that, that in the season where you're looking for a partner, you're like, Man, I also though can I can I can experience these good things. God created these good things for us to experience, and it doesn't have to be through a bad relationship that I find online or somebody who you know not lowering your standards to receive that care that one God offers you, and two He puts people around you so you can you can feel it. And I just want to encourage people again who are listening who are struggling with singleness. One, I, I always tell people like, hey, it's really hard to not be single if you're just sitting around doing nothing. But your story is a good one because it's like, hey, you could also be putting yourself in the right places and still not be finding the right people. And so the advice there is like, hey, just invest in you as a person and invest in the people around you because whether you eventually find someone to get married, those friends and those relationships are going to carry you through that as well. You know, my marriage is better because of the friends I have in my life because if it was just me and Ray, it would be really difficult to do. Um, and so it's cool that you started to feel that. And ultimately, the feeling is peace. Mm -hmm. right? The feeling is joy. Um, you said uh, that you feel known, mm -hmm. right? Because that's so much of what we long for is to be seen and known. Um, but you can find that in like the really good and really healthy relationships and friendships that exist, mm -hmm. specifically when Jesus is in the center of them. Um, I do want to go back though. Let's talk about some of the toxic culture surrounding dating. So what was that like? Like just straight up, you go on a date, you text them later, and there's no response, mm -hmm. yeah. like nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, there's like no explanation of why, and it really leaves you feeling empty. Like, and then I remember asking myself too, and like even like crying to my friends, like, what is wrong with me? And that is not, you know, and it wasn't anything with me. But in that moment of you know trying to find affirmation, trying to find love, trying to feel seen by this other thing that you have no connection with, really. And and that's when I knew too. I was like, okay, if I'm not finding my, and I was trying to find my identity, honestly, like through these things. And then I kind of knew after like prayer and just discussion, like I need to find my identity through God like who am I to God and 
And God is, he sees everything. Like in the Bible, I know it also says that like we are naked and exposed um, and he, we are fully known by him. And so, and I also know in Psalm 139, um, at the beginning it says like, search me, O God. And I also was praying that too. Like if the intentions of me dating, if they are bad, like search me, like know that I am doing this for maybe a vindictive or selfish way. And like, what can I do to change that? Because I think also the cliche too is like, well, when you stop searching, that's when you find someone. And that's not true either like I mean mean, of course every situation is different so I really took that time of singleness to practice all these different things that I felt like God was calling me to do like um, one of those for example was this podcast called uh, fight hustle and hurry and it really just talked about slowing down silence listening to God and I really found a lot of peace through that too and and just working on my faith instead Uh, something that they said there that I really found profound was uh, that they'd rather be disciplined than disappointed. Sure. And so I was like, I, that really hit me hard of like, okay, so when I don't feel like getting up and going to church, or when I don't feel like go- getting up um, whenever the sun sets at 5 p.m. Um, so <laughs> to go to small group, you know, like that, those are the times when I should, and I felt so good after that. And so through this time of singleness, uh, I just saw God really move in other ways where I could really focus on those things. And... And I'm so happy that he he did that. And then also gave me a different mindset, too, of singleness, knowing that it is a gift. Paul says it's a gift in the Bible. And I think just as a society, we think of it as you're lonely. You don't have a fulfilled life. You don't have another half that you can talk to. You don't have, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, I know people who are single or who lived out their life who are, like, with singleness. And, you know, they have all those things. They are loved still by God. And they do have a fulfilled life. And they find happiness. And they find it through that community. And that community can give you that same kind of love that that romantic or partner love can give you too. Yeah. So let me just say this to those of you who are listening who ghost people. Stop doing that. A lot of it comes down to honor and respect of people, especially if you're a Christian doing it. It shows that you don't value them the way that God values them. Um, That does not mean you have to date and marry people that you are not compatible with. It just means be honest with them. But really for those of you listening who have struggled with singleness or feel that pressure of like, you're not complete until you're married and have kids. Completion has nothing to do with, with marriage and kids has everything to do with the way God sees you. And he sees you as whole. And the beautiful thing about marriage is that he takes these two whole pieces and then he puts them together to make a whole piece with the two of them. It's not two halves coming together. It's a whole person and a whole person that come together to become one, one whole person. And so a lot of it is finding that, that peace and that joy and really the identity as a whole person, as a valuable person, as a loving person, as a caring person, whether or not you're in a relationship. I'm sure, you know, just an assumption here, I'm sure the people that you know and the people that I know who have made those choices, there's moments where there's doubt and there's moments where there's loneliness, you know, and there's moments when there's fear um, and that's hard, you know, and so much of society is saying like, well, that loneliness goes away when you have another person and that fear becomes safer when there's another person. It's like, no, 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 hold on one second. Like, that's what we have God for. Mm -hmm. The blessing is the other person. I hate for you personally that you've gone through those seasons, but on the other side of that is a stronger faith. One of the things you talked about earlier that I also want to push on too is, is rest. If someone's listening to this podcast right now, they can tell like, hey, you've got a good job, you um, are in a running club, you know, you've got your friends in Germany, your friends local, you, you seem to live an active life, 
But like knowing you and knowing a lot of the discipline that you have, rest is a really big piece of, of your life. So talk to us a little bit about what you've learned and how you've found that rest. Referring back to that podcast that I said before, the Fight, Hustle, and Hurry podcast, they talk about Sabbath. And so they go through all these different sections. And one of them is Sabbath, silence, uh, slowing down, and then I think also just like fighting that hustle mentality that we also have here of just the grind and like loving the grind, really uh, rewarding the grind too. And so it is, and what I love about faith as well is that like in faith we have this misconception of our society. Like we have, well, maybe not a misconception, sorry, an opposite viewpoint. You know, like we are told to be dependent, but in Christianity it's like, no, we need to depend on God. And we find freedom through that. Where other people might think, okay, if you're having this religion and you have to depend on this thing, how can you find freedom? And so so the same thing with slowing down, same thing with Sabbath. Like, no, you need to go, go, go all the time. You need to fill up that time in your day. Where Sabbath says, you know, you need to rest and you need to find time to listen and speak with God. And in Mark 2, 27, it says, Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And so I really love that verse because we, God meets us where we are. Yeah. God is meeting us um, where we need Him to. And we do not need to meet the requirements to be like, Oh, I finished Sabbath. Like, yeah. I rested and I did it. You know, like it. And so it looks like a lot of different ways. And through my time of singleness and like really connecting with God and Him showing me and revealing himself to me um, was I would go on hikes by myself too and just like not even like not play music you know I would kind of maybe listen to worship music or listen to my other music and then throughout the hike I would just stop and not listen to anything and just be like God like speak to me like allow me to slow down um, and let me listen because I think also we don't know how to listen all the time Um, I know I have my ADHD tendencies and so I feel like other people might too and it looks really different I think that's also something too where people get kind of worrisome or confused in their faith where it's like well God said this to me or some people are like God speaks to me when I pray and I'm like I don't I don't get that like God like where are like why aren't you talking to me talking to me but I know for me God talks to me a lot different than he speaks to you and speaks to anyone else and so kind of Sabbath is that time to see too like where how does God communicate with me he definitely communicates you when you stop and you listen and you take that time to read your Bible he reveals himself through the word and his word never fails and again like finding what meets your needs like is it just sitting on a park bench is it maybe even like talking to a friend is it just prayer and being silent you know not having to ask and ask and ask and just receive 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 Um, and so I think that's really important and how I've been trying to incorporate in my faith and it has helped me grow so much because I'm really listening now and I'm being more intentional about my time and I'm realizing too what it means to sit down with the Lord and be able to not only listen, but then like act it out and and pray really bold prayers. I think we're also afraid to do that too, where I'm like, hey, like, again, with maybe with this date or something, like I see a lot of potential, but if you want this door to be closed, like, okay, like, this is fine. So having those conversations with God, because a conversation is a two-way street. Like, you are talking, but then you also need to make sure you're listening yeah. as well. Yeah, and I, I think too, when it comes to rest, we feel guilty um, we feel like we're not productive. We feel like we're lazy. Um, sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say to us. You know, I, I know for me, like when I'm not slowing down enough, and and you mentioned this, which I appreciate, slowing down isn't doing nothing. Like some people just need to do nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like if you are that person that's always doing something, like just you need to stop, stop, sit, 
be in the silence, be in the quiet, but rest could be going for a walk. It could be going for a jog. It could be um, listening just to the sounds of, of nature, like whatever it may be. But oftentimes we avoid it because we don't want God to really push us in that space, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, that's when God tells you, hey, that's not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when God tells you, hey, maybe focus on them and not you. That's when God tells you, hey, maybe it's time to, to go to Frederick and try a new place. And that's when God tells you, like, hey, you're right now. Like, you can focus on five years from now, but you're right now. Like, let's use this right now. And so it's a, it's a big part of our life is, like, whether or not we're willing kind of to receive what God says to us in those restful moments. Um, talking about rest, and, and Matthew eleven twenty eight is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You know, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And he says, uh, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I literally just learned this today. And I, I preach on that four or five times a year because I think it's just it's one of the best verses in the Bible, but really in our culture, in the United States, but specifically Maryland culture, we need to talk about God carrying our burdens and God giving us rest. Um, what I didn't know, though, was that this actually references a story in the Old Testament where after Solomon dies, his son becomes king. And Solomon had taxed the crap out of the Israelites. And Solomon, who was a really wise dude, uh, was also a pretty harsh king. And so he had double taxed them. And when his son came to take over, he asked his advisors, do I relieve some of these taxes because they're crushing our people? And they said, no, like make them worse. And so one of the things that Jesus does when he's talking to people and specifically at the time he's talking to the Israelites, he's saying, the burden I give you is light. And all of those Israelites would have known what it was like to grow up with a king who doubled their burden. And I'm reading that today and I'm going, oh my gosh, that is us. This world, it's not just a burden. It's like a double burden. And that's what they put on us because of what they want from us. And we live in this space of carrying what is too heavy for us, whether that's like a physical burden of life or whether it's the emotional and mental burden of life, you know, the things that that we are told are good and we need to be a part of, um, you know, in media and culture and social media and all these things, like science is telling us, it's destroying us. And the world is putting this double burden on us. And there's Jesus going, hey, the burden I give you is light. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to carry that with you. And so for people who are listening going, man, I feel that that heaviness and I feel that burden, I really encourage you to listen to what Paige just said and like, take the time to rest, take the time to step out. Um, God might tell you some things you don't want to hear and some things that push on your heart a little bit. It's still going to be better for you than what this world is trying to make us believe about who we are and what we need and how we're supposed to live, even if it's uncomfortable, you know? So what that is, it's just taking time. So Paige, one of the things I want to talk to you about, uh, you're one of the leaders in Youth Collective, and you specifically lead which group? Middle school. Middle Middle school school girls. Middle school Mm -hmm. girls. You have a really unique experience with faith where um, you grew up in the church, but it was good and healthy and joyful and life-giving. You might be the only person up to this episode that that has that. I think you and Johnny. So for you personally, like thinking back to your childhood and college and even, you know, your adulthood with faith, why do you think your faith has been strong through it all? What would you tell parents right now? Specifically, what would you tell the parents of the middle school girls that you lead of like, hey, here's how to help your kids have a lifelong faith that, again, highs and lows, ups and downs, but not one that they feel like is something they can like wad up and throw in the trash can when things get hard. 
One thing I would say is consistency. Like what I said before with, you know, you'd rather be disciplined than disappointed. Uh, so consistency is huge. Like coming to church every week or, of course, like listening um, or coming to youth group every week, that consistency is key to building that foundation and then being able to ask questions, learn more, wrestle with your faith, uh, get involved with the community or make friends that you can rely on. I think being consistent throughout your faith and your journey is is critical. Um, I know I've definitely faltered myself, like we are broken people, um, but being consistent and then also like making sure that you're surrounded by good friends and you know that you um as a parent i'm not a parent but like i know my mom monitored my friends and everything i'm not saying parents need to but like she definitely helped me say like okay if you're not gonna say hi to them you know in and like passing in the hallways or something like why are they friends with you on facebook you know why like you know kind of challenging me with like the definition of friendship and what does that look like and knowing too like that i will also disappoint as a friend and you know what happens then you know what happens when you your friendship kind of falters and being able to make sure they are surrounded by good people and people that love them and care for them so consistency is definitely key knowing that they have good friends you know wherever you're sending them for church um uh, or in just in school as well um i know schools have different programs um and then also like setting an example um my mom set a huge example for me i remember specifically when i was younger uh, my mom really walks by faith through action, and and the Bible says that too. Like faith without action is, is nothing, pretty much. And so I remember once on it was raining, and this woman was walking home. And in my town, I love my small little town. It was it, it's a very walkable city, and so it's raining. It's pouring down rain, and we're driving home from wherever and she just goes over the side of the road and picks up this woman and drives her back to her apartment and I just I think that was my first time when I was very young seeing my mom really live out through her action of loving other people and setting that example and again she also really pushed me not only to go to social events but to church things as well and so when your child doesn't really want to necessarily go um, and I'm not saying like make them make them but she my mom was uh, definitely a pusher but in those good ways and I always came back so thankful and so if they're not coming back, you know, very happy or they have other issues, then definitely monitor that and have that conversation with them and or maybe talk to the youth pastor about things that you could do. But I know when I went um, and then received the message or, you know, like whatever we did, I always came back like so grateful that my mom made me go and that she told me to do those things. And so if those kids maybe are reluctant at first and then, you know, you make them kind of go, you drive them to there um, and then they come back so excited, so excited to go back or um, so just a changed mindset, then you know you're doing something yeah. right. It feels weird to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, parents of, of middle schoolers and even elementary schoolers, you know, that, that go to Collective on Sunday mornings, it doesn't really matter if your kids don't want to do it because they don't know how good it is for them. And when we allow them the choice to say, no, I don't want to be a part of this. We're almost allowing them to say, I don't want to have relationships. I don't want to have adults in my life who care about me. I don't want to have conversations about, you know, biblical topics or hard topics or life giving topics. And the thing is like your middle schooler and high schoolers don't know what they don't know yet. And the benefit is we do. And so when your mom's pushing you, she's not trying to be mean and she's not trying to be like, you know, beat you down with, with the Bible and you gotta be, it's what she's saying is, Hey, at some point life's going to get hard. Uh, one, if I teach you to give up now, you're going to give up later. And two, the things that you learn now, you, you will not fully grasp it, but at some point you'll be thankful for this. 
And so much of what you've shared today is not foundational things that you had to build in your 20s. They're things that you, you had when you were a kid. And it's the reason why going through what you've been through, yeah, there's, there's frustrations and there's pain and there's sadness and there's joy and excitement and all those things. And you're like, well, they don't feel as painful because of this foundation and because of this consistency. And so, you know, and I think that's true for anybody. Like if we are afraid to lean in, if we're afraid to make things a priority, specifically God a priority, church priority, serving a priority, we can't be that upset when life hits us in the mouth and we look around and go, we got nothing, or I don't have the right people around me, or I don't know where to go. And and that is a culture that we get to build in our middle schoolers and high schoolers early. Kids aren't reluctant because they don't understand the value of it. They don't understand the value of it. But we've got to kind of bring that into their life. And and the, the blessing of that and the good fruit of that is if we do that well, when, when you're in your 20s and life is hard, or when you're in your 20s and COVID hits and you're isolated going, what the heck's going on? You're like, oh, wait a second. I've, I've got these tools that have been given to me for a really long time, um, which I just think is great. And it's hard. It's hard to come straight from work to come here and, and to teach and lead on, on and, you know every Wednesday and to feel the burden of these kids. Cause it's not just a Wednesday thing, you know, to see them on Sunday, to reach out to them if you don't see them on Sunday. But one of the things that, that we know and one of the things that you know uniquely is um, these good things lead to really great things in their future. And it starts right now. And, and you're proof of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of your faith has been that way, um, which is just wonderful. You're kind of an expert on growing up in faith and keeping faith. My therapist always says, create opportunities for good things to happen. Mm-hmm. And consistency and showing up are, are one of those ways you create mm-hmm. opportunities for yeah, good that, things yeah, to happen. Yeah, that's why it's like so good when, yeah, when you do go and you're yep. like, wow, like I learned yeah. so much that yeah. I wouldn't have sitting at home watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and or, even though you're tired, even yep. though you don't want to drive back home in the dark, like yep. it was worth it. And like God's always worth it in yep. the end. There's this element of like sharing on the podcast where you almost get this opportunity to step back and get this 30,000 foot view of your faith in your life. And one of the things that when you start writing it out, when you start sharing it, you realize is nothing happened in an instant. The other side of it though, is you can step back and realize, man, this painful moment of my life where I was praying for this thing and God wasn't answering it and wasn't answering it, wasn't answering it, that hurt in the moment. Stepping out of that, you get to look and go, oh man, God was working that entire time. Um, Okay, so let's, Move to one of my favorite parts of the podcast is asking people to share some advice gives us an opportunity to learn and grow without some of the hard things that come with it. And so for you, um, if there's one thing that you could share as advice to everybody listening, you know, we just did some advice about, you know, parents or even specifically parents of teenagers. Um, But for everybody listening on this podcast today, what's some advice that you would give them when it comes to faith and um, really the perseverance of faith. I think that's kind of the best way to sum it up. What, what would you share with us? Uh, definitely praying bold prayers. Like don't be afraid to hold back those prayer requests. And and then being, again, like what we talked about before, like listening. Um, I know I've asked God a lot of hard things and he either answered through a worship song or answered through a friend or something. But But we are very reluctant and very scared or timid sometimes. Because again, we don't want to know the answer, but we need to, um, and go go to God with those bigger things, and then keep praying, uh, keep keep praying, even if it's not answered the next day. Keep praying, um, even if it's not answered in a month. Like God will show and reveal Himself when the, His timing is perfect, and 
and to rely on that and have faith in that. And I have the privilege of being on next steps and being able to read prayer requests, answer those prayer requests. And I've seen that through this church, and I am so grateful for that, that I've got to see people ask for people to come to church. And they might not have shown up the next week or the next week after, the next week after, but after consistent prayer and praying over that prayer request, you know, that one day when that person walked in, like just being, you know, feeling that glory of God and just being so thankful and just knowing that that was answered too. And something that I remember when I was, in youth group myself, when I was younger, um, they gave us that piece of advice about prayer too, like God will always answer your prayer. And that prayer is either yes, no, or wait. Yeah. And I think that's kind yeah. of a typical one if you've been around the church for a bit, but it's such good advice. And so again, for parents too, like, you know, if your kid's not getting it, you know, have that faith, have that perseverance, have that stamina to, you know, see where it goes, you know, because and leaning in and saying yes, and letting that opportunity go where it needs to and let God kind of take that control. And so knowing, from reading those prayer requests um, and those bold prayer requests and being vulnerable is so huge and so critical to reach out and not always keep it to yourself um, and that's what I love though about God like he fully knows us like there are definitely things in my faith that I am ashamed of and I will not share and I don't know if I'll take that to the grave with me or not yeah. but yeah. Uh, God God knows me and I still pray about those things hoping that you know he will continue to work through me and I know he will as long as I keep reaching out because again it's a two-way street um, and I learned that through friendships I learned that through God through my singleness like you have to reach out and God will answer like he is waiting for you for that. You cannot be two steps ahead of God. You know, like um, he, he, you walk in alignment, or and He also leads you, right? We talked about that with our Shepherd series. Like He will lead you if you let Him. Yeah. One of the things that I know about you, Paige, and our staff knows about you, spiritual disciplines are something not just that you like have in your life, but like you've built into your life. And we, we, you know, did a habit series in January and there's a lot of people listening, trying to build good habits, habits of reading the Bible, habits of worship, habits of prayer, habits of rest. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about like getting them started. If you don't mind, give us some advice on what happens when we fall off. Like what, what would you say when you're like, man, I've got that, I'm reading my Bible every day. And then all of a sudden that week hits and you get to the end of the week and you're like, I don't read this one time. And you feel it, you know it, but like life's too busy or, you know, prayer, same thing or, or rest. Um, because I don't know if there's anybody in this church that's better at spiritual disciplines than you are and like actually creating them as like disciplines of habit and rhythms in your life. But because you're so good at it, um, what would you say for us as we try to build these habits into our own life? So on the Bible app, they have that streak. And when that streak goes to one, I get very upset because I'm like, oh no, like I was going so strong there. Um, but then I would just say, yeah, it's just finding, like maybe it isn't like going on to your app then. Try something else. Like I know for me, like I do love to listen sometimes. And then sometimes I know if I pick up that phone at the end of the night, I will just be on Instagram, you know? And so maybe choosing that night, like, okay, I know I'm kind of in my mind or in my head a bit. And if I get on my phone, I'll go a different direction than like pick up your Bible um, and, and do that instead. Or just pray, you know, take that time to just pray. Uh, take, and I would say also like take a few moments in your day to just think about the Lord. I, I um, am guilty of this myself where I've been trying to think about God more in my job even. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going through all these things and I know I need help and I don't even think about Him. And so even just pausing and for a moment, just think about, just think about Him. Think about, um, you know, maybe something you're grateful for or think about something you need help with or just give a quick a prayer, something, something to involve Jesus in your day 
every day um, because we can't live this life without him every day. And so I don't have an exact perfect answer that will fix everything because it definitely is something that works for best for you and like what your needs are. But again, I know my needs are not on my phone. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I have too many things on my phone. And actually during uh, Lent last year, I deleted my social media and it was amazing. And I definitely need to do that again because I was like, oh, I'll just put in that, um, that filter that says you only have 20 minutes. And I hit uh, over and over again, like that overload. And I'm like, well, this didn't work. Yeah. So like really removing those things too. Like if you are going to put in something in place, like not, like I know sticking with it is very cliche, but like, yeah, putting out a plan of how are you going to stick with it? And then if you veer from that plan, like what's an alternative or um, accountability, who can be accountable, who can you have accountable with you to make sure that you did this thing. And I love the Bible app too for that as well, because you have settings where you can do it with a friend and, you know, and then that friend can reach out and comment and then you can be like, okay, well now I need to. Um, so again, that consistency as well. Um, I know I have people at work that I pray with in the morning and I'm so grateful for them. It's actually every Wednesday morning. And I know I always start off my morning so much better. And it's in the middle of my week, kind of when you're in that that hump day mentality yeah, and, yeah. and it just brings me so much joy. So reaching out to your community, saying, Hey, I want to do this, like keep me accountable. And like we email, we text, you know, we're like, Oh, if we forget that it's Wednesday, cause sometimes you forget the yeah. day of the week it is. Um, but it's so great too, to rely on others, to keep you accountable with your habits. And then again, like finding what works for you. Is it, is it maybe just sitting, maybe if you're a writer, I know I found it really therapeutic too, to like write down my prayers or write down my thoughts and just like, again, making time for God. And it's also, I think that's really the first step. Where is that time going from, coming from? Um, and then what are you going to do with it? How are you going to fill it? And, it? and God leaves you with so many different options. Yeah, that's good. And we, and we feel this pressure to be perfect and it just doesn't work that way. You know, and God doesn't ask that of us. Um, and that's a pressure that we put on ourselves that, um, you know, a lot of times we inherit that pressure from, from parents or we inherit that pressure from the world. God would rather you read 200 times a year than zero times a year, you know? And the hope is as you read, it builds that, that habit up. It builds kind of that, that consistency. And so, um, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I know, like we know internally, um, and people who know you know that your disciplines are such a part of your life. And so I'm thankful that you shared. Um, and, I, and I hope that people listening really take that to heart and put that into practice to know that you've got the tools and you've got the people. Just go. Um, so last question, um, best question on the podcast, I think, um, because scripture is so important and because depending on where we are in our life and how we grew up and what we've been through, um, different verses speak to us in different ways. And it's the beauty of scripture. Um, it it kind of hits our hearts in, in different ways. So if you had a favorite Bible verse or a few verses that you would like to share with us, what would those verses be? Uh, the first one would be Psalm 139, verse 23. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Put on anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path, path, sorry, path of everlasting life. And I love this one because, again, this was kind of my, me wrestling with my faith and, like, when I was kind of going out and not doing things intentionally for God, like when I was trying to date and trying to kind of fill up my own life in my own ways. And I love this verse, like, saying, like, I sometimes don't even know what's best for me. I don't even know sometimes the root of 
why I'm feeling this way or the intentions behind my actions. So saying like that first part of being vulnerable, like we've talked about, like search me, like know my heart, like what am I, what am I doing this for? What is the true intention, being genuine about it and really opening up to God. And so I love that part. And then it also says like know my anxious thoughts. And I think in our society, we are very anxious. We are very much not even thinking about what God thinks or God's will. We're very much just like, okay, what are my friends? What would my friends think? What is, if I mess up in this, way what am I doing so being able to calm the, the body and the mind and have that renewal of that mind and point out anything in me that offends you so again like being like okay God like call me out you know like I obviously want to do what I want to do and live this life in this way and I know it's not good so what is it that I'm not doing that's following who you want me to be and then yeah there's that other path of like lead me along the path of everlasting life like just lead me um guide me to where I need to go and and he will always be there for that's you. good um and I know you have another one that you would like to share with us mm-hmm. so not, go ahead. One. not one this one um was when I was in high school I was a part of uh, summer camp and we did this big um it was called the Kids Fest, and it was this big um, thing for all the kids. But then we also met in the morning and right after for high schoolers. And I love that. They fed us, um, like, not physically, but, like, I wish they did. But um, <laughs> they fed us, like, you know, through the word before we started and then afterwards. And it was kind of a bougie thing um, because they gave us at the end, like, these, like, eucalyptus, like, towels because it was, like, Whoa. in the summer. And so that was kind of – that was a nice um, little treat. But something they um, – I remember once our pastor was sharing First John 4.16 – and I'm not sharing from 16, I'm sharing like a little bit in the middle, but when it says like God is love, whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. And that has carried with me for so long because also at the Last Supper, Jesus is saying, you know, I have one more commandment to give you and that is to love one another. And so when you go out into the world, people know that you are my disciples. And that is how I live my faith of just loving on people. And with my job, you know, I can always express why I'm loving on them or, you know, where I am in my faith or something. Um, and so I, I find that as a challenge, which I love, you sure. know, a challenge of like, hey, why why is she like this to me then? Or why is she giving me the second chance? You know, it's because I'm trying to love on you and show you God's love. And we don't know how to share God's love if we don't receive it from him too. And so knowing that as well, that God is love, you know, and whatever you see from God is because we have a loving Lord. Sorry if I said love too much, but no, really I love, and actually in that, in that chapter, I think John says like love like 47 times. Like it, it is a lot because all of this is a root of that place. And, um, something else I didn't really share upon before, but kind of sharing it now, like I, because of my, I am adopted and I'm adopted from China. So I was like abandoned as a baby. And I have, of course, like would have a little bit of abandonment issues. That's maybe why I wrestled with my singleness, but knowing that like, I couldn't do anything, you know, God sent me to this place um, and to be adopted by my mom because he loves me. And that has helped me so much in my faith as well of knowing that God will always be there for me. And that Again, that God loves me because, you know, I could, I did nothing, you know, I did nothing to be in that place. I was an infant and that was my circumstance and that I have the, um, I've, I'm so grateful to be here today. Yeah. Paige, thank you so much um, for your honesty and your vulnerability, um, but also your wisdom and your faith. Um, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is that everybody has a different story. And everybody has different experience with faith. And it'd be really easy 
uh, for a podcast and, you know, if we wanted all the clicks and views and listens or whatever, um, to just be like, life is garbage and then there's God. Um, but it is so grounding and so encouraging to have conversations with people who can really look back and, and say, man, I've had faith for a long time and it's grown throughout different phases and I've seen God move in different phases and I've learned these things in different phases and my habits have developed in different phases because really what we all want in our lives is to have a long, healthy, growing faith that doesn't mean we're exempt from bad seasons. doesn't mean we're exempt from times when we don't feel it. There doesn't mean we're exempt from asking God for things and him not giving it to us the way we want it. Um, but it's just so encouraging to hear your story and to hear, um, you know, a long obedience in the same direction and how much peace and joy and rest you feel on a day-to-day basis because of that. And uh, my hope is for people listening um, that they really start to begin that churn of like, okay, God, like I want to lean into my faith and not just have it, but I want it to be a part of my days. I want to be a part of my mornings. I want to have people that I pray with. I want to have relationships where I feel fulfillment um, that only comes from you. And I want to have these habits. And so, Paige, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for loving our middle school girls. Um, My kids will eventually be there, and I'm excited um, for what they get to experience at Youth Collective in a few years. And I know with leaders like you, their faith is going to be 10 times stronger than anything that I could ever give them. Um, And I appreciate that. So Paige, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me.